Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon for those of you who are watching this episode of Let's Humanize the Workplace. My name is Vivian Aqua, and I'm the workplace wellness advocate. And I was just talking about with my next guest speaker that um, in the beginning, when COVID-19, you know, started to affect me personally in, in the Netherlands, so I'm based in the Netherlands, um, I was thinking about, shall I continue with this session, with this episode, because um, everybody's staying at home at the moment, working from home at the moment. Is it necessary to have a discussion about let's humanize the workplace? But I got so many feedback from a lot of guest speakers, but also people that I was in touch with, that it's more than ever necessary to have these conversations. And to be honest, um, these interviews, these conversations, the conversations, the sideline conversations that I'm having with future guest speakers, but also current guest speakers, it's connecting me with the world because I'm missing that connection. Again, I can call all my friends, I can go all through all the places, but in a way I need to have these conversations uh, about humanizing the workplace because just because everybody's staying at home doesn't mean that the yuckiness that was happening before COVID-19 was happening is all over suddenly, all over a sudden gone, right? It's not so that, you know, gender equality, diversity, uh, effective communication is just like poof and it's been fixed, right? So that's why I decided to just continue to do these conversations and to inspire you along the way. So if you feel like this is this episode is inspiring you or if you feel like any of the episodes is inspiring you just share the love share the love with whomever you can tag the people you can share it with people and know that i also have a, a youtube page um where you can see past episodes so this is the link bit.ly dash uh vlv yt and i'll share the link later on but just so you know that the link is there um, that you can watch the previous episode. So sharing is caring and share the love. Um, I noticed this post regarding people maybe wanting to stay working from home after this pandemic. And I've been hearing this a lot. So in the Netherlands, it's also known that we are not a country that well, we used to not promote working from home and working from home was exceptional in a few uh, businesses and now we all learn that we can work from home. We can do it all, we can be flexible and a lot of people are seeing the advantages. Not that they, it's not challenging because a lot of people are also real, uh, realizing that working from home can increase the loneliness, it can increase the challenging moments when you're working from home with your kids or when you're a caregiver, right? So I'm not saying that it's not unchallenged but People are definitely seeing the benefits out of it. And I'm curious to hear, are you going to work from home more often? Are you going to utilize the flexibility or are you going to encourage working from home? And especially those who are uh, managers or those who are in charge, uh, the decision makers, how are you going to adapt this after this pandemic is over? Is over? Are you going to encourage your team members to work from home more often? Um, are you going to work from home more often? Just share that with me because I'm really curious about this. And also know, I know that I share this chart a lot, but this is a chart what was uh, shared beginning of February that was before COVID. Um, did you know a lot of things now in the workplace forced us to work from home right now? But this was the chart already that uh, people who are working from home were already challenged with the communication, the loneliness, collaborating, not being able to unplug, and distractions from home, but also being in a different time zone. And I want you to look at the top five. Look at the top five and see what you can do to make it better for your people, but also see what you can do to make it better for your colleagues. And I'm so glad that I'm, I will be talking to uh, Lisa. Um, she is going to share so many tips and so many added you know, things that how to effectively communicate with, with uh, your team members or with your manager or with your people. So with no further ado, I'm going to bring her up.
and I'm going to introduce her correctly. I'm hoping that I'm pronouncing your last name right, so I'm doing my best. And otherwise, help me. Just, okay. just say it. Yes, it's, help me. It's pronounced Jeruzzi. Jeruzzi. Okay, yeah, then. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> Lisa Jeruzzi is a best-selling author, a transformative coach, and an award-winning trainer with 25 years of experience. She specializes in causing breakthrough results with her clients by giving them access to the whole new level of power and performance. And today we'll be talking about effective communication during lockdown. Thank you, Lisa, for being here. Where are you at the moment? Uh, I live in uh, Albany, New York, which is about mm -hmm. uh, two and a half, three hours north of New York City. Mm -hmm. And how many weeks are you staying from home at the moment? Oh, I'm working from home at the moment. I mean, well, I've been working from home for 16, 17 years. I own my mm -hmm. own, I own my own consulting and coaching firm. So, mm -hmm. um, I've been doing work remotely for years. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, but it's been different. I used to go to my clients workplaces and I used to see clients in my office and I don't mm -hmm. do any of that. Well, anymore. I've been so. working from Sorry, no, it's my okay. mistake. No, no, it's my mistake. Sorry. Yes. No worries. So it's, pro I don't know um, exactly when it started. I would say, I want to say mid-March, but mm -hmm. um, my husband started working from home shortly after that. And then that, that was a whole nother ball game. So mm -hmm. <laughs> we share one office. So that was been, that has been wonderful and uh, enlightening, let's say. Yes, definitely. So I am working from home uh, in Amsterdam. My home is Amsterdam, the Netherlands. And I think this week is week nine for me. I mean, I lost count because every day seems like it's the same, right? And I, I only know the dates because I'm doing these live sessions. Otherwise, I would definitely lose track of the dates. And I only know the weekend. So I, the weekdays for me are, you know, it's not that it's a copy paste, but I lost track of which day it is. And it is that because of I'm doing these interviews that I need to, you know, look at my calendar and see, okay, which day is it? Who am I speaking? What are we doing today to prepare myself? So when it comes to the first question, um, what is your connection with humanizing the workplace? Well, it's sort of twofold. I mean, today we're going to be talking mostly about communication, uh, mm -hmm. which is an aspect of the work that I do. And um, it was interesting that the graphic that you put up, the number one yeah. Um, yeah. thing that was difficult was communicating and collaborating, which I'm not surprised. No. And frankly, you know, uh, people working from home has has maybe sh uh, shined the light on it or shown the light mm -hmm. on it. Um, but this has been an ongoing but isn't there is, is communication not also the same for people who work in the office that communication might be one of the top five things that oh yeah we need exactly. to work on right yeah exactly yeah and so so there's so for me the the thing about humanizing the workplace mm -hmm. or how I sort of how that makes sense to me is it's about connecting right mm -hmm. so it's not you know, it's not about this, um, what I call transactional communications, which are do this, don't do that, you know, do that, you know, clean up an aisle seven kind of yeah. conversations, yeah. which are necessary. I'm not saying mm -hmm. that, that those don't need to happen, but when we have an overabundance of that, when the, the, and this is, this is what I find in the workplaces that I've worked in. I've, I, when I was an employee and also as a coach and a consultant is that, when human beings are talked at in that way, mm -hmm. both for both people, there's a disconnection. Yeah, and, definitely. Um, one of the things we've learned from neuroscience, and I say we like I had something to do with it, but I mean, you know, in <laughs> neuroscience, I had nothing to do with it. But in you know, one of the things we have that that has come forward is that our need that connecting is a biological need. Yeah, it's just not a it's not a nice to have. It's a must have. For well, we know beings. that now. We know that you know during yeah. this lockdown, one of the things that I'm craving is staying connected with my family, but also staying connected with uh, the people that my friends and and coworkers that I I'm working with to at least know that they are okay, but also that yeah. I am okay and that they are checking up on me as well. Yeah. And to me, that's what humanizing is. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's 
taking someone from an object that I'm giving qualities to and, you know, I'm, I, we objectify ourselves, we objectify others all the time. Yeah. And that's the opposite of humanizing. So, yeah. you know, I see communication on a spectrum of this transactional um, uh, way of talking that I just talked about where it's like, do this, don't do that, mm -hmm. to the other end of the spectrum, which is more of a transformational where there's seeing a new point of view, um, connecting on a different level, really uh, exploring something together. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I'm not saying that you always have to be on that end of the spectrum or the other, but but to at least know that there is this spectrum allows you to to communicate appropriate to the situation versus having only one way of communicating, hmm. which a, a lot of people do. It's like, well, this yeah. is the way I communicate. And it's like, well, you don't have to do it that way. There's True. a whole bunch of ways that you're communicating. Then second thing that, that for me, why my work is about humanizing the workplace is that when, when we start to see people as human and we start to have an understanding of what gives human beings our experience, then we connect on a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. Like I have, I have compassion for even someone who's doing something the opposite of how I think I would do it. Right. Sure. So when you, when you have, when you sort of have the background understanding of why all of us are doing what we're doing is then you start to have a different level of compassion. And, and, and to me, compassion and connection is exactly what humanizing the workplace is all is about. It, is it, is, aren't those ingredients a must have when you want people to maybe go the a little, the extra mile, because what you're sharing, what you were sharing in the beginning, that uh, directive way of leading people as going to aisle five or clean up this or do that, it's making people cringe. I mean, every time that I'm hearing that, it makes me cringe and it makes me think like, why are you treating your people like dogs? I wouldn't even treat people like that anyway. Yeah. And again, it's really just a habitual pattern. It's not, mm -hmm. in most cases, it's really unintentional. It's mm -hmm. more of a survival technique. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things a lot of people don't know is that we have this, well, people know about something called fight or flight, which is, mm. Definitely you know, now. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's the amygdala. It's a part yeah. of the brain. It's one of the earliest parts of the brain that evolved. And mm -hmm. when that takes over, mm -hmm. blood and oxygen that would normally go to higher functioning parts of the brain stay in the amygdala because yeah. all we need is a perceived threat. Mm -hmm. So if I'm a manager or supervisor or leader and I have a perceived threat that if this doesn't get done or if this is done wrong, something bad's going to happen. Yeah then I'm not using the higher parts of mm -hmm. my brain. I'm using the fight or flight. And communication in fight or flight is very transactional. It's do this, do this, do this. Which now you have the other person is now in fight or flight. And you have two people who are not using not the best part of their brain, the creative part of their brain, to solve or, or deal with a challenge so but that it, brings me that brings sorry to interrupt but that no, brings no. me also to the next question and i think you were heading there i hope that you were heading there so yeah what can managers do to bring out the best in their team members while working from home well i'm going to say you can use this while working from home but it's also true and working when you're all together mm -hmm. and um there i would i'm gonna there's a there's many things mm -hmm. um which is you know Here's my shameless plug, why I wrote a book about this. <laughs> Bringing out the best in your employees. But anyway, true, true. Yeah. I digress. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, the first thing I would say is, and this is one of my favorite quotes, and it's from um, Stephen Covey, and he said mm -hmm. that um, what we, when we, we think of ourselves, we, we give ourselves the best uh, intention. In other words, yeah. you know, we, we judge ourselves on our intention. Mm -hmm. Like I meant to do good. It might not have turned out, but I meant to do good. Yeah. But how we judge others is on their actions. Mm -hmm. And we completely disregard the intention. Yeah. And we typically put in an intention. If we do uh, use an intention, it's got a negative slant. And because there's this conditioning for human beings that long before you and I got to this planet, mm -hmm. there was this conditioning that, you know, human beings are, are lazy. They're, they're not going to 
you know, do the best. So they have to be managed and they have to be motivated. And there was all this sort of hierarchical got to force people. And if you mm-hmm. look back, you know, cause they were working for Kings and idiots, you know what yeah. I mean? Back, but yeah. way back then. Mm-hmm. So they didn't want to, you know, what are they getting out of it? Right. But that same mentality has that same conditioning has sort of um, carried through. And so we live in a world where even though lots of things have changed, that habitual pattern of thinking hasn't. Mm -hmm. So when managers and supervisors are speaking in ways that don't bring out the best in them, and I get curious and I ask them, well, what's your intention? What are you out to produce? What's Mm -hmm. the result you want? The intention is 99% of the time good. Yeah. But there's the fear factor that keeps Mm -hmm. them from thinking, if I don't do this right, they're not that, that person's not going to do it. So one of the first things I do is help people sort of slow down and retrain themselves to ask better questions. Yeah. So don't assume that the person's intention was nefarious or, you know, negative, but actually get curious and wonder like, huh, you know, I know that this is how to care of that situation. I'm wondering you know, what was the thinking behind it? Mm-hmm. You know, what, you know, what were you out to produce? What mm-hmm. result were you looking for? Like to just get curious about that because then you can see where the misunderstanding is. Yeah. I wanted to do X, but I ended up with Y result. Something wrong, but it wasn't because I was trying to do it wrong. It was mm-hmm. really because, you know, my thinking wasn't, you know, in line or whatever it was. So yeah. when a manager or supervisor, instead of assuming, but actually slows down and gets curious about what the intention of their person is. I think that is um, a huge way to bring out the best. Yeah, and then I agree. Can I say that the second, so the second thing I would focus on is, um, and, and this is directly related to communication is, mm-hmm. we, if people would consider that they're not, when you're communicating with somebody, most of the time, how you're communicating is based on your story or your interpretation of that person, not on who they actually are. So I'll give you an example. So if I, let's say I have a boss and I think the boss is stubborn and closed minded, right? And I have to go in and make a request of my boss. Mm -hmm. And if I go in to make a request of my boss and the boss does this, I'm yeah. automatically going to assume because I have a stubborn, I have a belief that that person's stubborn, yeah. that this means they're stubborn. Yeah. But if I have a different belief, let's say I have a belief that my boss is open and eager to hear my ideas. When they do this, I'm going to read it completely differently. Mm-hmm. True. Same action that the boss takes. Yeah. But my interpretation and my, pro- I would say my projection onto that person is now who I'm speaking with. So mm-hmm. if I'm preparing to go talk to my boss, I'm preparing to go talk to a stubborn person. Yeah. And that is going to that's going to be like shooting myself in the foot, so to speak. Yeah. You yeah. know? So instead, and we all do it, right? Mm-hmm. We know our husbands and significant others. We know who our children are. We know who our sisters and brothers are. like <laughs> we already examples. know. <laughs> right, like we already know. And yeah. and this is why it's so difficult during this um uh, pandemic, this this quarantine in particular, is we're we're shut down with the closest people to us in most yeah. cases, and we're not dealing with who they are. No. We're dealing with the character that we've that we think they are, and then you have a terrible time with communication when that happens. It's just True. it's it's awful. It's yeah. like it's an illusion that 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 person is that way. Mm-hmm. And trust me, I've I've worked with. I don't even know how many managers and supervisors at this point in my career who come to me and say, but you don't know, Joe is lazy or <laughs> Sally is stubborn or whatever. And I go, these biases, okay. these biases are also not helping. Right. Yeah. No. no. And you, th- the thing is, is you can't see anything different because how sure. our brain works is that we, we actually have something called a reticular activator that mm-hmm. we look for what we tell it. Our, our mind t- looks for what we tell it to see. So mm-hmm. if I say, okay, f- find everything red in the room, that's all my mind is going to see. So if I think Joe is lazy, then I can only see Joe be lazy, no matter what yeah. he does. But if I say sometimes Joe's lazy and sometimes mm-hmm. he's motivated, mm-hmm. then I have a better chance of seeing 
other activities. Or if I say, all right, I believe that Joe is lazy, but today I'm going to look for times when Joe isn't lazy. Yeah. Then that's what you're going to see. And yeah. I don't, I invite anybody who's watching this not to just believe what I'm saying. Don't trust what I'm saying. I'm asking you to go test it. Because if anybody has ever bought a car and you buy that car and then all of a sudden the first thing you notice is everybody owns the same car. Yeah, true. <laughs> no, true. No, true. That's and it's like, well, true. that they were, those cars were there before, yeah. but you didn't see them. Why? Yeah. Now, now you're looking for them. So I have a few, oh, sorry. I have a few people who are sharing things. Is it, is it okay to share yeah, them? Yeah, of course. So Jerry Mensa is sharing, uh, what's the best way to communicate with people from different backgrounds? That's an interesting question. And Leanne is sharing, Leanne Arthur is sharing, compassion has been missing, but I do hope that COVID-19 will help managers understand the need for this in the workplace. And she's also sharing, um, don't disregard intention of the employee. Great point. So kudos okay. to you. Thank you. I'll take <laughs> and it. also Jerry is sharing, what about some of us who are shy in regarding to communicating? So a lot of questions. Yeah. Well, let's start with the first one, which is how do you speak to people from different backgrounds? Mm -hmm. Well, um, I, I always, uh, well, I don't know about always. Let me say what I recommend mostly is to, to come with a, um, a mindset of curiosity. Mm, definitely. So I teach a lot about listening and mm -hmm. going back to what I was saying about lazy Joe or any, any, whatever bias you have, yeah. what happens is, is that we now have a filter that we're listening and we're, we're looking yeah. at light through. So if I, I don't find that it works to just put another filter on and say, okay, mm -hmm. he's not lazy. He's awesome. Cause then it's like, it's like fake. It's like positive yeah. thinking. But if instead you could come with a learner's mindset, you know, it, and just be curious and wonder, like, I wonder what life is like for you in, in the Netherlands right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I wonder mm -hmm. what it's like to be locked down in your uh, situation that's different yep. than my situation. And there'll be things that'll be very similar because we're humans, right? Yep. And when you, when you take away all the thinking that we add and all the stories and all the uh, interpretations that we add to situations it's just two human beings yeah true. with two different you know two different conditionings but not that far apart you know but why I why is it that you know when it comes to communication we 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 teach our children to express themselves to share what it is that they are thinking but eventually when we um when we start working we numb ourselves and we don't share what, you know, what's bothering us in an effective way or in a mindful way without hurting each other. Well, I think that's twofold. I think one is, is that creativity kind of gets um, squashed in mm -hmm. us. As, you know, I saw a study once that showed that if you ask kindergartners how many, how many of them are good at like dancing and singing yeah. and all that stuff, 98% of them will say yes, they are at all of those things. Mm -hmm. if, by the time they get to third grade, it's less than 50%. Yeah. And by the time you get to middle school, it's like 10%. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, we start to believe things. We start to believe our own thinking. So I think that it's necessary for us to, um, to recognize our thinking and reality are not the same things. Mm -hmm. But they're just not. I mean... I can have a thought and get that that's just one way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. And when I can see my thinking for what it is, just a conditioned response, it's, it's not the truth. Yeah. Then I can start to have a little more freedom to express myself. But the other thing I think that, that you point to is what I was saying with the Stephen Covey quote, right? If I, let's say, you know, someone treats me in a way that I feel is inappropriate, whatever, yeah. for whatever reason, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not talking, you know, sexual or anything like that. I mean, like I feel snubbed or I feel yeah. like somebody said something inappropriate. Right. It, it, and, and I don't mean, again, I mean like um, made me feel slighted, like dumb or. Mm -hmm. I understand. So I, yeah. I, I could either say, Oh my God, that person hates me or who the mm -hmm. hell do they think they are or whatever. Right. Because I'm, again, I'm putting an intention in there. I'm projecting my own intention. But if I go to a person other than from a, 
a, a feeling of hurt or a feeling of uh, you did this to me, but I go to that person with curiosity and say, I'm wondering, you know, what was the meaning that you had behind that? Cause this is mm -hmm. how I heard, this is how I heard what you said. I'm wondering if that's what you meant. I'm mm -hmm. wondering if that's the, that's because I'm guessing that a many, many times that person is going to be mortified yeah. that they, that they thought that, or that you thought that way and then mm -hmm. it can get resolved. But what typically happens is someone says something to me, I get upset. Now I start treating them differently. Now they go, well, who the hell is she? And they start mm -hmm. treating me differently. And now it's layered and layered and layered and layered. And you have two objects trying to communicate. But I do, I do have to share something that happened to me personally. So I am most of the time, I am the bigger person. I am the taller person. And also uh, I've been through a lot of BS. And I try to see the good in people. So if if in this occasion somebody is uh, giving me a, a bad vibe and I'm trying to ask them, you know, uh, I don't know what it is. The Dutch, we as a Dutch people, the Dutch can be very direct. So sometimes I say it can be the way my language is, but it's not me. Um, so I try to be very mindful, but sometimes it's not perceived like that. And then already, you know, somebody puts some more salt on it while I am doing my best to save the occasion. Yeah. yeah when is enough enough? Because you don't have to always be that person. I believe that you don't have to always be that person that uh, that has to be the bigger person all the time. Yeah, and I, I'm not here to dictate how, you know, people should or shouldn't live their lives. That's, mm -hmm. that's above my pay grade. Yeah. But what I'm out to do is, you know, in a lot of cases, it can be handled at that level. And then there's mm -hmm. times that the other person is just stuck in their ways. And I've certainly yeah. met people like that many times where, um, you know, they've, there's, you know, I, I've had situations where someone said to me, well, you know, get over it, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I, I thought, okay, this isn't going to be a, a, a great relationship, no. but I can still, I can still be okay. I'm not going to let mm -hmm. that person dictate who I am. Right. Sure. So, you know, again, you just have to choose where you want to put your energy. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking about the workplace and collaboration is key, yeah. you know, I, I guess for me, and this may be very naive, even though I've been coaching for almost 20, over 25 years, mm -hmm. I do believe that everybody's doing the best they can given mm -hmm. their thinking and given how the world looks to them. And sometimes the world must look pretty messed up the way they are acting. Mm -hmm. But I also know that they're, that they've mistaken their beliefs for truth. Yeah. And we've all been, we've all done that. You yeah. know, I mean, we've all, um, had situations where, um, you know, we saw something and we would have bet our house, you know, we would have yeah. bet our year's uh, uh, salary that we were right. And then we found out we weren't yeah. right. And mm -hmm. then, and then we're like, Oh, my bad. Right. And I think that's true for all of us. We all can get caught up in our thinking. I'm just going to say this one other thing, and then we'll take more questions if you'd like, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. you know, there was a time when our world was flat. Yeah, yeah. Now, people say that's not true. Of course, it's always been round, but not for the people who lived on it. Mm -hmm. The world was flat. Yeah. And it wasn't that they were dumb. It was just that's how the world occurred. Everywhere they looked, it was flat, right? And then, you know, with the advancement of science and everything, and it was discovered that, no, it's round, right? That, oh, a whole new world got opened up. Mm -hmm. Well, in that same way, for the people who were born during the flat earth time, they didn't even know that they didn't know. Yeah. It was just the earth's flat. It was not something we questioned. It was just the way it was. And now, you know, there's a lot of things that people don't question like a flat earth, right? They just don't question it because it's just the way it is. And, you know, as horrible as this pandemic has been, the one thing that I think that has maybe a benefit of it is it's called us into question everything. Yes, definitely. Things definitely. we thought couldn't be done. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I have a, I have a client that runs a, a dance studio mm -hmm. and everything was pointing to them closing. Yeah. Except they said, 
No, let's do virtual dances, dance yeah. instruction. Yeah. So people who normally, elderly people who normally couldn't go and get dance instruction are getting dance instruction. True, true. So everything's being called into question. And mm -hmm. I just invite people to embrace that yeah. because that's, that's where innovation and, and creativity comes from is not from knowing, you know, knowing doesn't get us anything really. Knowing is a past-based phenomenon, but it's also, it's also important that in this time and in this phase that we are, we have to, we need to activate our growth mindset because otherwise we'll, we'll be stuck and eventually businesses are going to close down and that's not what you want. Right. No, no. And, and, and if people could see that as the natural evolution, mm -hmm. again, not wishing this happened, wish yeah. it could have happened a different way. Yeah. But you know what? When it went from flat earth to round earth, a whole yeah. lot of professions got disrupted. You know, when we went from uh, landlines, what we call them here, you know, telephones that had yeah. hardwired versus cell phones. A whole, mm -hmm. a whole world got disrupted. Fax yeah. machines disrupted the world. But we don't think about that now. We think, well, that was, of course, this is so I much better. I think some people are, are even watching this don't don't know what a fax machine is. So just yeah. Google it. Just Google <laughs> it. <laughs> right. But my point is, I mean, I have a bookcase behind me. Yeah. How many people don't even buy books anymore? Yeah. So it's a natural evolution. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Like, there's yeah. a natural evolution. And... This is this again. I uh, I can't say it enough. I I don't want anyone to get the impression that I think this is, you know. Uh, I I obviously wish this didn't happen. It's been a horrendous mm -hmm. situation. Yeah. But every decade that that I've been alive, there's been something like yeah. this that totally yeah. disrupts everything, and I don't remember the quote exactly, but it's something to the effect of, "It's the adaptable businesses that survive." Mm -hmm. You know, the ones that are adaptable and willing to question how they do business and what's another way we could do it. Yeah. And and I and that's what I invite managers and supervisors going back to the to the question you asked me. So you want to bring out the best in people, ask people yeah. what do you think we should do. Involve them. Definitely yeah. involve them because sometimes I feel like companies don't realize that you know it it's not only the shareholders that own the company but it's also their employees yes that own the company right yeah absolutely because they, they own it because they're exchanging life energy for dollars mm -hmm. and when you think about that like i'm choosing if i'm working someplace and i'm choosing to work someplace for eight or ten or twelve hours a day i'm exchanging my life the amount of life in that i have for some dollar amount Mm -hmm. And when you really get clear about that, then you see how committed your people are. Yeah. And you can get beyond whatever story you have about them and start to treat them like people who are invested in this business or this company or whatever it is, because True. they're investing something far greater than money. Yeah. You know, we only have so many, we have a finite number of hours that we're on this planet, as far as we know. And if I'm if I'm dedicating those hours to a place to an organization then that that's a that's like the biggest commitment you can give yes i can totally relate to that and regarding to so i'm going to skip a few questions but i'm going to head to this question um what do you think about the use of email of just written text in communication whatsapp as a communication tool so what can go wrong with that how much time do we have? <laughs> uh, we have some time. <laughs> right, well, listen, every tool can be misused. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, if you have a hammer and you need to change a light bulb, you're mm -hmm. going to be in trouble, right? So yeah. every tool can be. But a, a hammer to put a nail in is perfect. Mm -hmm. So, you know, any um, the challenges that I've seen with email, WhatsApp, texting, you know, any of those kinds of things is that they're built for speed. Yeah. And most communication is really, we need time. And so knowing like what's a good thing to text and what's mm -hmm. not a good thing to text or what's a, you know, what, what an email, like what, if you're doing an email to create context, I don't know if you've ever seen the, um, Oh God, it just went right out of my head. There's two comedians one of them is named Peel and the other one I think is Keenan and Peel. But anyway, they do a very mm -hmm. funny version of 
two people texting and they're mm -hmm. best friends and it's you know one is in a happy-go-lucky mood he's watching tv and the other one's like super stressed out clearly mm -hmm. had a lot of caffeine and it's just a demonstration of if you if you youtube if you search for it on youtube you'll see it mm -hmm. i think it's keenan and peel and it is hysterical but it's every day in the workplace. Mm -hmm. and when i do communication training i use a um I, I, I use a couple of slides and one of them is a wife texts her husband on a cold snowy day windows frozen and the husband texts back pour some lukewarm water on it mm -hmm. and then five minutes later the wife texts back computer is really screwed up now oh right <laughs> so it's like what do you mean right like so it just to point out to people is yeah. like, right you know did they yeah. hear what you meant or yeah. did they just hear what you said true and true. and you know texting and again they have a place whatsapp all of that i use all of them mm -hmm. but i don't coach clients through email yeah i don't yeah. take any kind of i mean things can get lost in translation right so the first week i received an email from somebody who was working in a in a, in a yeah, was working somewhere and they received a, a message from the director saying that you can work from the office you don't have to work from home stay at home because we don't have enough vpn uh, to make it work for you to be able to work from home and i'm just like okay but there are ways for you to ask that there are ways for you to at least share that it is safe to work in the office it is safe to work from home and that if we be if we are flexible with our vpn access you can make it all work from home you can make the work from home work yeah yeah and it's interesting because uh, again the intention is missing the mm. context is missing yeah so yeah. that person who sent the email probably thought about it for hours mm -hmm. and then that was the the thing that came out now the person who heard it thought is going to think about it for hours of how yeah. to respond and you know and and all this time that gets wasted yeah. where people think an email or text is easier but all yeah. that time has to be spent figuring out how to get both people's needs met True. if instead they picked up the phone or you know call or did a zoom call or whatever and said mm -hmm. hey i've been thinking about this i'm wondering if you could come in and the other person yeah. gets to say and it gets done in like a 10-minute conversation True. But see, people think that texting and email and all that is quicker, but it's not when you think it's about it. It's quicker to lose trust. It's quicker to gain more disengagement via that if you're not clear uh, with your message and the way you message. So that person wasn't allowed to communicate anymore after that because in the first week, uh, the director was sending all of the panic emails and it it didn't come um it came negatively across sure. yeah yeah and but the the way so the writing of the email takes 2 minutes or 5 yeah. minutes but again you add in all the time that you thought about it before mm -hmm. and all yeah. the all the time you have to spend now dealing with the miscommunication yeah. and then you know you could have had one phone call and handled the whole thing but that to me is also the, the issue with transactional Mm -hmm. conversations that I was talking about way at the beginning that's what email and whatsapp and texting is it's all transactional and it's it's a mistake to rely on it in my humble opinion it is a mistake to rely on that overly it's just it's not I don't think those tools are meant for that no. it's not and so I I really encourage people to come up with you know ideas for okay when is texting work when does mm -hmm. whatsapp or, or emails work and where have you been effective and what does it look like when it's been effective yeah and then sure. you could start to bring more thinking to it and and if i had one piece of i don't know advice or coaching for everyone is to just slow down and bring some more thinking to whatever you're about to say or do yeah because if you can slow down the, your best, the, the amygdala gets disengaged, so you're not coming from fight or flight. You're, think, you're taking a breath and you're saying, okay, what is it I want to, what is the result I'm committed to here? What do I want to accomplish, really? 
And is this communication, is there a way to do that? Mm -hmm. That's going to get, you know, going to get me closer to that goal. I also feel like managers uh, and leaders and the C-suite level, um, this is a time to support each other, right? So if there is something there that you might think that it can come across differently, ask somebody else or ask somebody from the team if they can read what whatever it is that you're sharing so that at least you know if your message is getting across and at least somebody who is able to share feedback, not somebody yeah. who is you know, say it's a yes person to yeah. everything that you're saying. So I have a few comments coming in. So Leanne Arthur is sharing life energy for dollars. She loves it. And Rishita Jones is also sharing, I love that people are investing their life for dollars. So that quote is a money quote for you. <laughs> and there's another quote, uh, there's another comment coming in. Uh, Jackie Mard Mardenborough, I hope that I'm pronouncing your name right, but she's sharing, how do you see communication developing in this technological age? Um, I, I'm not sure exactly what you mean by that. Uh, I'm, my, I'm curious um, when you say communication developing, mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure what you mean. I mean, there's an you know, communication is, a, is an art, not a science. Mm -hmm. And it's there's not a formula that, I, in my experience, is like a one-size-fits-all. And I think there's been a lot of attention put, misdirected, in trying to figure out what to say before you get to the conversation, like trying to gather your thoughts and figure out what to say. And again, I think a lot of that comes from a, from fear. And, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying fear is right or wrong. I'm just saying um, that coming from a place of fear, communication is always going to be misinterpreted. It, you can't help it. It. Seems, it seems like when you're communicating from fear or maybe from anger, it seems like you are the bull and you're standing in front of a, a red cloth that is hanging over you like, okay, you have to attack something or you have to fight something, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, and I... I can honestly say I've I've never regretted a communication that came from love or kindness, mm -hmm. but I've regretted a lot of communication that came from anger yeah. and fear. I mean, yeah. I probably everyone, but I don't. That's probably an overstatement. But I've yeah. never regretted coming from kindness and love and compassion ever. And I mean, I've had some really difficult situations with people, and when I brought love and kindness to it, their reaction was irrelevant. Yeah, but you're making yourself vulnerable also no, in that situation. I don't think so. Yeah. I think loving no, kindness is strength, in my opinion. Um, maybe I'm I'm not saying that right. So I I see being vulnerable as a powerful way to connect with people. So that's yes. where what I'm trying to. Yes, I agree. I'm yeah. sorry. I, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. That's why. Myself. That's why it's important that we effectively communicate, right? We explain. That's situation. right. We just demonstrated that right there. <laughs> High fives, you and me. Yes. High fives. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, because yeah. yeah. that's where we do connect. You're spot on. Vulnerability is where human connection takes place. And I had an instant reaction to vulnerable being weak. Yeah. But I see love and kindness as a strength. Yeah. And it's yeah. also being vulnerable. But uh, when we can, when we, so if we can keep in mind, no matter what the technological advances are, that first and foremost, we're human beings. Yeah. And that there's, that we are imperfect, we're going to make mistakes, and we're going to have awesome times too. And, and, you know, God, I've been studying communication for a long time. I've been actively studying transformation and human performance for close to 30 years mm -hmm. and under stress there are still times where yep. my amygdala takes over and i'm like blah 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 and i yep. go wait i wish i could and we are all human in that way so i think it's not not different for everybody but to to add on to what you're saying i would like to challenge those who are you know, in charge regarding communication that instead of uh, using emails all the time or using Zoom all the time, because it can bring on some exhaustion, especially our eyes uh, are being overly, they are, they are going over time at the moment, right? Zoom calls, all this reading that you have to do, but we also have our ears. And I would 
encourage you to bring out a message, maybe via a podcast or send in an audio message where you can hear the tone, you can hear whatever it is that that person is sharing. Is, is that person sharing it from love and vulnerability or from love and strength? Or is that person sharing something from anxiety? Whatever it is, you can hear a lot from the tone. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's okay to express what your intentions are. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. You know, I, um, I highly recommend to managers when they're giving a, any kind of communication, yeah. look, here's my intention with this, yeah. com- with this email. I'm, I'm, I want to keep you informed. Uh, you know, this is a limited medium. I, I'm open to questions. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying, I'm using email for efficiency sake. Um, but I also want to encourage you to, you know, to have dialogue with me. Yeah. But to me, that's just putting a sentence like that in there. Yeah, it's powerful. It, it is. It's like, why not create that context? Instead, yeah. we go, oh, well, they should know what I meant by that. Well, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know what I mean by stuff sometimes, you know, like, you know, it's just, no. we just forget. And I and really, we are mind readers, right? Sometimes people think that people, other people are mind readers. We can't no. read your mind. We cannot see what's happening no. inside of here. So I wish we could, but we don't. And mm. we had those bubbles above our head, like, you know, like the, uh, the cartoons, right? It would make yes, it easier. But definitely. the other, I think the other aspect here is to see that many of the things that through, I'm going to say necessity over mm-hmm. the years for efficiency were really inefficient because yeah. they were designed thinking of human beings like machines and we're not. And that experiment has got to be over. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's why I love the humanize the workplace because it, it, it was an experiment that I'd say failed. It got yeah. us to a certain level, but it did not get us, it did not necessarily bring out the best in us in human beings. Mm-hmm. So we need to, now I'm not saying throw the baby out with the bathwater or, you know, uh, throw it all away, but we need to reevaluate from a place of humanness and place of yes. what's, what's true about human beings is that we operate our best when we're all in this together, when we believe we're part of something bigger than ourselves that's proven when we have that awesome right when we when we uh, you know uh, when human beings see themselves as sort of sort of part of something bigger than themselves and they're able to do their best every day you get the best out of people and so I totally agree so yeah. i ask i look at businesses and i say okay let's intentionally design your culture and let's create structures that are designed to bring out the best in people versus structures that are designed for efficiency or designed for uh, you know some other purpose. If you design it for to bring out the best in people, efficiency will naturally happen. It just does. Okay. And profitability stop. naturally I'm happens. going to stop you and I'm going to kindly ask you to repeat that. Just just that last sentence again for people <laughs> that were sitting in the back and couldn't <laughs> hear you. Just just like that. Well, when, when businesses are designed or organizations, any business, it doesn't have to be just business. It could be nonprofits, anything. Mm-hmm. When, they're, when they have their primary focus on efficiency, mm. they take the best out of what's human. Yeah. It's our creativity and our adaptability and our, and, and our thinking, right? That's what we, that's like we have these amazing computers in our head. So when we design and to intentionally design, not by default, but intentionally mm-hmm. design our workplaces, organizations to bring out the best in human beings, to, to actually uh, foster what's best about human beings. Efficiency, productivity, and performance naturally increase. And by the way, you have to spend no money on motivation because human beings are naturally motivated. If, you're, if you have any question about that, watch children play. Yeah, you don't have to mo- motivate children to play. No, true. they're naturally motivated, and every one of us as human beings have that within us. It just got learned out of us, right? Yeah. And so, when we recognize that that human beings are at their best um, when we're, you know, uh, I'm going to say, have that childlike quality. You know, we bring our intelligence, yes, but we have that. Uh, 
that excitement and that enthusiasm. You can create organizations that are designed for that. I've helped. Mm -hmm. I've helped. I've helped do that. Yeah. Um, and I know of other organizations that have done that, and I know of other consultants who do that. So it's not a pipe dream. I'm telling you, this is the wave of the future, mm -hmm. and people are either going to have to get on board, or because oh, by the way, there is not right now because of the pandemic, but there is a talent shortage, mm -hmm. at least True. in the United States. It and, was happening here, but now we have another thing right, happening. Right, exactly. COVID, but that's so. going to get resolved. That's yeah. going to get resolved. I, I predict yeah. that that will. It's not maybe not tomorrow, yeah. but at some point that's going to happen again where there's going to be a mm -hmm. talent shortage. And you don't want people jumping ship for a dollar more an hour. True. Or more money. You want yeah. them being there because they wouldn't trade their their relationship with you and the relationship yeah. with the people and the, the who they get to be. Yeah. in their organization they wouldn't trade that for dollars yeah and that's why it's so important that your company or the company that you work for shows what they are doing for their people now shows how they are supporting their people because remember we live in a digital age where you can google a lot you can yeah. research a lot you can find a lot and I also want to share a few comments that have been made. So uh, Tammy Parrish is sharing, I find texting and apping often very inefficient. Um, if it takes more than two exchanges, I'd rather pick up the phone. I totally agree. I Me leave too. voice messages. <laughs> and Tammy and Leanne also agrees, more personal. <laughs> and Tammy is sharing my thing. She's sharing... Um, and Vivian also taught me the value of voice messages on LinkedIn. It makes it much more personal. I do. I share voice messages because, A, it's efficient. B, um, typing on the phone isn't that efficient. And yeah. my story doesn't come across the way I want it to. Um, I didn't even know you. I didn't even know you could do that. Sorry to interrupt. I didn't know I, you could do it until you did it. And I was like, damn, she's great. <laughs> It's like my secret. You. It's my secret. No, 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 definitely. I've been using voice messages as a way. I, I, You can hear that I love talking, right? And I can say more things than I can type. I am much faster speaking than I can yeah. type. So that's why I'm using that. And also I, Rashida. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say one thing. I, I just want to real quick. There was a, somebody who said something about being shy. And mm, I, I yeah. just remembered. Yeah. Is, it, is it okay yeah. if I just answer that? Yes, yes, definitely. So um, what about so, some of us who are shy? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my question. Mm. And I would just ask you to, to, to just look for yourself. The person who asked this question is, mm -hmm. are there times when you're not shy? Yeah. Because we tend to overgeneralize. Yeah. So I've worked with a lot of people who consider themselves introverts and shy. And then when we investigate it further, we see, oh, there are times when I feel shy and times when I don't. Yeah. And and the only difference is my own thinking. Yeah. Shy is not in your DNA. Shy is not a, a permanent characteristic. It's a it's a it's a it's a, uh, a a conclusion that we come to, and then we paste we label ourselves. Yeah. So my, in, in, it would encourage people to, whatever it is, like even overachiever or whatever we, we call ourselves, to just sort of notice that label and then get curious about it. And then wonder like, oh, what if the only difference between me being shy in this situation versus that situation is my own thinking? Yeah. Then what can and, I do about that? And it helps to practice with somebody. So we're slightly going a bit over time. Are you okay? With yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I obviously else? likes to talk too. <laughs> <laughs> I am enjoy enjoying our conversation. So, let me see because it's a challenge sometimes to watch the comments on LinkedIn. So, Rashida is saying vulnerability is a strength, courage and vulnerability are one and the same. Thank you, lady. And she's also sharing, I started VM. It has saved me some RSI on my fingers. I am curious about what you mean with VM. So please help us and share what you mean with VM so that I we know. Voicemail? Voice message? Mm, yes. I'm thinking about virtual machine. Yes, voice <laughs> messages. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. it makes sense now. It makes sense. So we went totally off script, but I still enjoyed it. But there is one last question that I need to ask you before right. we, we stop this. And I think that 
we have to do this in a few months time to ask the other questions because I do feel like you need to, you know, come back and do the other questions as well. Anytime. Um, I would love to. What is your wish for 2025 when it comes to humanizing the workplace and bringing out the best out of employees experience? Oh my God. That's such a great question. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I would say I, I would go back to what I said, which is I believe that, I would like to see organizations intentionally designed to bring out the best in employees. In other mm. words, to recognize what is awesome about human beings yeah. and then to design the organization and stru create structures because structure drives behavior. Mm. So if you, if you can create structures that are, 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 are designed to bring out the best in human beings, to collaborate, to be connected, to, um, you know, to have a, be a learning organization, mm -hmm. um, to, to wonder together, to create, like to, to, to have all that. That's all the best of what human beings are. And you can, and, you can definitely see, you know, positive examples of the, the companies that have that in place are surviving at the moment, who are doing their best at the moment because they have that in yeah. place. Yeah. I would I would say that they're thriving. Yes. Because, yeah. you know, uh, uh, as I've heard said, and I don't know who said it, but that the true test of character isn't formed in mm. a crisis. It is revealed yes. in a crisis. So these organizations that are failing, it's, you know, again, difficult circumstances, mm -hmm. but it is revealing what, you know, what they were designed for. Yeah. And so... You know, so as far as my wish for 2025, I think if we if we were willing to question everything about what we think about human beings and actually see what's true, mm -hmm. because not the 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 way things are designed have not caught up with the, with the uh, findings in neuroscience and yeah. um and and in um you know the uh, what I often talk about of the the principles behind the psychology of human beings mm -hmm. like when when you know those principles it's it makes everything so easy because mm -hmm. you're you're going with the flow versus trying to swim upstream mm -hmm. so that would be my wish is that human beings uh, are willing to just see how life works and then live consistent with how life works you were sharing something about those principles do we need to learn more about those principles at work or does it start from school or does it start at home? Well, that would be a great next show, but I would say <laughs> cliffhanger. It, well, not <laughs> only it's not that, but it, it's too, it's really a, yeah. a very powerful conversation to have yeah. and not one to have in a couple minutes. But yeah. what I would say is just like, you know, imagine when, when the world went from being flat to round, it mm -hmm. went because people started to, live differently and then when people started to live differently it wasn't just at work or at school or at home it was they just were living differently and then things started to change and that's you know so the more people that understand how the human experience actually works and live consistent with that instead of living the way we do now which is the opposite of how human mm -hmm. beings work you know then then it will be it'll pervade all those things but yeah. i would love to come back if if you would have me to talk about if that. I already invited you that we, you have to come back. There is no if, and uh, looking at the audience, a lot of people are enjoying it as well. So thank you for sharing your wonderful insights. And also I feel like I have so many questions to ask you, but I really love what you, what you shared and the way that you allowed me to free flow during this, uh, this conversation. So thank you for being here and, you are definitely coming back to this. Well, episode. good. Well, to <laughs> me, what you and I demonstrated is we both thought ahead of time about what would be great to talk about, yeah. but we didn't get stuck with that. We actually no. trusted our um, in-the-moment intelligence and creativity to create mm -hmm. value. And definitely. I think we totally modeled what we were talking about, which is everything is possible when you uh, when you when you realize that you have an yeah. in-the-moment creativity and intelligence. It doesn't have to be, you know, fully scripted and planned. You can, you can yeah. trust that. I trust you. 
Trust me too. Thank you, thank you. So I'm I'm going to close off. So please stay, as you say, I'm going to close and then I'll be back to you uh, soon. Okay, I'll wait. Thank you. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to say thank you very much. (laughs) It was a joy and thank you to everyone who who listened. Thank you, the two. And questions, yeah. (laughs) So I'm going to close off. So for tomorrow, um this week i'll be doing three episodes so tomorrow i'll be talking about mental health during and post corona lockdown i'll be having the conversation with these uh, three lovely ladies with farah and erica and tanya and uh there's a lot to talk about regarding this so stay tuned um on thursday i have a dutch um humanize the workplace and it will be about ai recruiting and inclusive diversity. So if you're Dutch and you are curious about this topic, stay tuned and otherwise till next week. And my name is Vivian Aqua, the workplace wellness advocate. And thank you for watching. And if you're watching the replay, thank you for watching the replay. And until next time, bye.